Are you craving some protein after a good workout? This time, change up. Don't make a shake. Do not eat a bar. Instead, grab a bag of beef jerky from Old Trapper. Here's why. Old Trapper beef jerky is tasty and tender, and it's made with real strips of steak and quality spices that are smoked over a real wood fire. On top of that, Old Trapper is a family-owned business, and they take their smoked beef extremely seriously. You can taste it in every single bite. Like, who wants dried out, rough beef in a bag? Nobody. That's who. Old Trapper, though, is the real deal, and it comes in four amazing flavors. Old-fashioned, teriyaki, peppered, and hot and spicy. All amazing and all different. So the next time you want a great protein and energy snack that you can have anytime, anywhere, grab some Old Trapper beef jerky. Look for it in the Clearview bag. And look for it in major retail stores near you. If you don't see it, ask for it by name because no other jerky compares. Old Trapper, what's your beef? My, my dad was a Marine. You know, I'm the son of a Marine. Uh, my brothers are all pro football players. You know, you want to yeah, you're going into a locker room and talking to Jalen Hurts. You want to look like, you know, you might have played the game at one point in your life. <laughs> so I think it's kind of important. Uh, three chins on TV, Jim, is a bad look. Um, you know, guys let themselves go. and They're not going to keep you around TV very long if you're doing it. Hey, what's cracking? Welcome to the Jim Rome Podcast. We are now... 199 episodes in, and the original side hustle is still bringing the fire. And we are still finding new ground with top-notch, high-quality conversations on a weekly basis. The streak remains intact this week because this week I chop it up with NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger. If you've been a football fan for more than even 10 minutes, you know Baldy. He had a 12-year NFL playing career with stops in Dallas, Indy, and Philly. He bodied giants for a living. He's an offensive lineman. And he has absolutely bodied his transition into broadcasting as well, establishing himself as one of the best ex-no analysts in the entire game. You can catch his work on NFL Network and right here at Odyssey. And it's always worth catching because Brian does not just know football. He lives, breathes, and eats football. And he's about to drop an avalanche of football insight on all of us. So let's not waste any more time getting to the good stuff. It's Ep 199 with NFL Network analyst Brian Baldinger, and it's coming at you right now. Brian, it is absolutely great to run you down. This is your time of year. You are killing it on social media. I know you're locked in. Before we get into it, what's up? How are you? How's your life? Everything is good, Jim. I mean, you know, I'm a football guy. We do this every day, you know, this analysis and trying to stay on top of things. Things change every day. Giants fire their offensive coordinator today. So, but the only way to really know this league, Jim, is to study the league. And you really have to stay on top of it because things change. Game plans change. Uh, COVID, injuries, all that. So I'm just in the middle of it, and I, I live for it, and I love it, and I'm right here where I belong, Jim, right in my film room here at NFL Films. Now, I know this to be true. This is why I want to run you down, because this pretty much is what you do. It's who you are. Not entirely, but this is what this is your thing. This is where you live. And, yeah. Brian, you hit on two things that I really want to hit you with right off the top. Number one, the Giants and the fact they fired their offensive coordinator, Jason Garrett. But before we go there, I mean, what a weird and unusual season where it seems like it's almost impossible to predict what's going to happen week to week. From where you're sitting, Brian, are there any great teams 
teams in the NFL right now? I don't think there's any great teams. I mean, when I say a great team, I mean, you know, the, the teams that are going to finish 14-2, and 15-1, we're not going to see that. We're, they're just waiting for the postseason. We're, we're not seeing that. These teams are all taking shape. Uh, the Patriots look like they're going to be tough to beat coming down the stretch because they're playing their style of football. And, you know, the quarterback isn't making mistakes. And so they look like they could be a tough team to beat right now. Um, but everybody else, though, Jim, is dealing with, you know, major injuries, uh, you know, COVID issues, uh, you know. And so it's just who's in the lineup, who's out of the lineup. I mean, Alvin Kamara in the Saints lineup, it's a different team. And you can go almost around the league like that, and that's just the case. So uh, that, everybody's kind of dealing with that right now. Yeah, I was going to say it's not a bad thing, Brian, right? No. But it, it is a thing. Like, is that why it's so wide open right now because of COVID and teams are dealing with injuries, or is it something else? Well, I, you know, I mean, I think free agency is kind of, you know, we, we've been at it for 20 years, but, it, you know, it, it just seems like it's balanced things out. And, you know, some, and, you know, that who's, who's got a quarterback that can really play and lead and figure out how to beat you the way guys like Aaron Rodgers can. We just don't have enough of those guys. Uh, we got the young crew coming up, you know, but we've seen Justin Herbert kind of go up and down a little bit. Um, I'm not ready to anoint the Rams in any way after what they just went through in six days, losing to the, you know, the Titans and the 49ers the way they did. But they are a team built on their stars, Jim. And when their stars shine, they're a, tough, they're a tough team to beat. Right. Now, when you talk about those quarterbacks, there's not too many guys like an Aaron Rodgers. There's nobody right. like a Tom Brady. But one of the guys that I thought, that I thought, Brian, was one of those guys was Josh Allen. Obviously, he he has not looked that part of late. He had a really tough Sunday. Looking at him and the Bills' overall body of work this season, how worried would you be if you're a Bills fan? I'd be worried. I'd be worried. I mean, I was in Buffalo on Sunday for you know that beatdown by the Colts. And, you know, even if you take the turnovers out of it, they still don't move the ball consistently. We saw that against Jacksonville two weeks ago when they couldn't score a touchdown. Um, You know, they're a passing team, and that's good when you're really clicking. But they don't look like the same passing team from a year ago, where it always seemed like Josh Allen had options. And as good as Stephon Diggs was a year ago, and he was the league's best, he's not that guy this year, and he doesn't seem to have a second or third guy Cole Beasley on third down sometimes, but he doesn't seem to have that second or third guy that he can just lean on. And when things, when Diggs isn't there or they can't get the ball to him. And so then he just seems to, you know, I mean, he can scramble and extend plays and all that kind of stuff, Jim, but he's not making tremendous decisions when he's forced to do that right now. Hmm. So, Brian, I get that the MVP award generally is the quarterback of the year award, but right now, and you saw that game, right now is there anybody more valuable to their team than Jonathan Taylor? No, but, you know, I said the same thing uh, probably right up until Derrick Henry's injury. I said, if you're not having Derrick Henry in this conversation, he's the whole identity of the Titans. And he was having that type of season. Of course, he's out now. But Jonathan Taylor could be that guy. Because, I mean, look, let's face it. Carson Wentz is, is doing okay. He threw for 100 yards on Sunday. He didn't have to do a lot of heavy lifting. But we still don't know yet um, what Carson's going to be like in big games and what he's going to be like in the postseason. He's played a total of nine snaps in his life in the postseason. Uh, a couple years ago, and he got hurt against Seattle. So we don't know what he's going to be like, and it's different for every quarterback when they get to the postseason. So, you know, Jonathan Taylor, if he gets this team to the postseason and they win games, I mean, they're, they're riding the, the J train right now. 
I think the guy's incredible. Like, I, I cannot believe how how heady this guy looks, the decisions he makes, how well he's playing. I agree with you. I think Carson Wentz looks pretty good right now, but mostly because he's got a running back that he can hand that ball to, and he's getting it done. And, you know, they're one of those teams, Brian, that a few weeks back you'd think, yeah, I don't know, and then look at the way they're playing right now. But then you go to last night's game, man. You talk about a Monday night game that was, I hate to say it, Brian, but unwatchable. Like, it, starting with the Giants, if Joe Judge, Brian, is this crazy disciplinary how is it that the Giants are so unbelievably undisciplined? Well, I think there's a first of all, I'm with you completely, Jim. I mean, I was watch, trying to watch the game last night, and it as a football fan and analyst, it hurt me. Like it was just ba- a bad product, period. So, you know, I posted some stuff today, and I wasn't I'm not opponent to firing coaches, but I mean the, the, the game plan didn't make any sense. They're running man beaters against his own team. Like it, you know, the players looked uh, they, they, they looked ill-prepared. But to your point about Joe Judge and being a disciplinary and all that kind of stuff, I mean, you can make guys run laps. That doesn't make you a disciplined fo- you know, football team when you make mistakes in practice. I just feel like there's this disconnect, Jim, between the vision that Joe Judge has about how he wants his team to look and perform and the way it does perform. And I think there's a huge disconnect. Now, is that his coaching staff? Is that Joe- Jason Garrett? Is that the offensive line coach, Rob Sale? You know, is that Patrick Graham, the defense coordinator? I'm not sure, but it's clear that we haven't seen – you still can't make an evaluation about Daniel Jones and feel like you're being fair. I mean, no no team gets is injured as much as they do. That's not Joe Judge's fault, or maybe it is. But, like, they have so many injuries. They don't practice, and it shows. And so uh, there's just a big disconnect right now between, I think, what he thinks he wants his team to be and what they are – and that's on him because if it, it, you, you've got to make the adjustments to at least be competitive in a game like that last night. And now a message from Discover about customer service and common sense. When you have credit card questions, it is nice to have them answered by a real person. You know, somebody who can actually understand your issues and work to resolve them. In other words, what you don't need is a robot. And that's why Discover offers helpful U.S.-based representatives available 24-7. No wonder we call it live customer service. Discover. Exceptionally common sense. So, Brian, go back to what you said about Daniel Jones. Like, we we can't really make an assessment. Like, where do you come out on him? Have you not... because of the coach, is it not fair to assess what we've seen? Have you not seen enough to make an assessment? Or is he just not the guy? Where do you come out on the quarterback? Well, he's, he's, he seems a little flat for me, Jim. I mean, I, I, look, Eli had a personality, and it was but he's a man. I mean, it just, he, wired, he was wired the right way. I'm not sure how Daniel Jones is wired. Like, he looks flaccid, and you can't read everything by expressions or body language and all that stuff. But, you know, he's had a big issue for three years now of just turning the ball over. We saw one last night. They come at inopportune times. They're never a good time for it. Uh, ball security has been an issue, although he's a little bit better this year. Uh, but there's, you, you don't feel like he can win big games for it. He doesn't. Now, you know, the, the cast around him has been very inconsistent, and the offensive line is a mess. So that's, that's you know, not a fair evaluation. But at some point, the, the quarterback – is just a take charge guy or he isn't and the take charge guys in this world figure things out on the field to get things done a winning drive 
you know, whatever it might have to be in order to win games. And eventually you go, I've seen three years. I've seen enough. I, we got to move on. We got to find the next guy. I agree with you. All right, so you go back to, Brian, you started the conversation by talking about the Patriots and how they're playing their system. They're doing what they do, and they're going to be awfully tough to beat. When you talk about a quarterback being wired the right way, when you talk about a guy who's a man, when you look at Mac Jones, does he appear to be that guy to you? There was a moment, Jim, sometimes you, you see things in a moment, right? So they're playing the Cowboys. It's a, it's a wildly entertaining game, you know, six weeks ago. And he throws a pick six to Trayvon Diggs. And, you know, you know, they lost the lead. Here's the Cowboys coming. Pick six. He comes right back the next play. They come on the field. He throws a 75-yard touchdown pass. Like, this guy is the embodiment of just onto the next play. And nothing seems to bother him. I mean, he was getting sacked earlier in the season when the offensive line wasn't quite right and the offense wasn't really together yet and they are trying to figure things out. And he, he is the same guy every single play, every single day. And he just he, – if you give him a clean pocket, Jim, honestly, you could take the guy to the state fair. He's winning you the biggest teddy bear. He's not going to miss. Like, he puts the ball where it's got to be. And it's with touch when he has to drive it and stick it down there at the 10-yard line and into the end zone to, you know, uh, Hunter Henry, he can do that. When he's got to float it over the top, he can, and he's got all the speeds that you need. And he sees the field really well. I love the teddy bear reference and the State Fair analogy. That is perfect, Brian. Well done. So what about that then? As you look around the AFC, I mean, just where we are right now, you and I are speaking on November 23rd. Do you see anybody in the AFC, AFC playing better than the Pats right now? No, no. I mean, you could say like Kansas City, they've won four in a row. They're playing better. Um, they turn the ball over way too much to beat the Patriots right now. Um, but they, they can because the quarterback is fearless. And even when he makes mistakes, it doesn't, it never, it, it never makes them shy away from attacking. So they have the type of offense that could give the Patriots problem because they're going to take their shots. Uh, whether they complete them or not, we don't know. Uh, but the one thing about the Patriots, they don't, I mean, it's cliche, but they don't beat themselves. And physically, if you want to just watch a team, if you were a young coach, a young player learning the game, you would watch the Patriots play defense to learn how to play the game. I mean, just from a fundamental standpoint, how to use your hands, how to play with low pad level, how to get off blocks. I mean, just the basics of the game. You could pick out any player, Dante Hightower, Jawan Bentley, uh, Matt Judon, doesn't matter. pick a player, Christian Barmore, a rookie. They play the game the right way. And then they play together the right way. So there's, there's a real unity to how they play the game. I think they look unbelievable myself, Brian. I think defensively they look, everything you just said, I think they look great defensively. I think they look great up front. I love their quarterback. It seems like they can just run the ball with anybody they want. Like, Brian, like how amazing would it be if Tom Brady left, won a ring in his first year, and then the following year Belichick comes right yeah. back and wins one with a rookie quarterback? I mean, is that likely? Could, in fact, that happen? And how unbelievable would that be? It would be unbelievable, Jim, because everybody, you know, last year was about the divorce. And, you know, who was the bigger person in the relationship between Brady and Belichick? And, you know, everybody just anointed Brady, seventh ring, does it in the COVID world and quarantine world, and he does it uh, with a new team. And there's Belichick, you know, with Cam Newton and just struggling. And here he is getting his quarterback that fell to him. I, I couldn't believe the 49ers passed on him, but it fell to him. And they get the guy that they wanted. And if they do do this, it's, it, it's really a testament to both – the coach and the player, 
they're literally the best of all time if they can do this. I mean, you can anoint Brady already. That's that's not hard to do. But you, can, you, you we have anointed Bill, but we put him on another pedestal if he does it again with a rookie quarterback, the, the way that they're on a path to maybe do this year. Brian, I'm, I'm going to own it. Guilty. Guilty. When Brady won, I'm like, of course it's the player. Of course it's the player. Look at the coach. He's 7-9. and nine. Right. And now when I see what Belichick's doing, is there any doubt in your mind that if Belichick did it, it would be so taking nothing from Brady, who's amazing. Nope. It would be so much more impressive if Belichick rebuilt this thing on the fly and did it with a rookie quarterback. Wouldn't it then be the coach? I mean, if you have to pick one, I think that it would be more impressive for Belichick to come right back off a 7-9 year and win it all. Don't you think? Then Brady, who went to this situation, there was an amazing situation. Yeah, because, yes, it, it would be. Because two things. One, Brady went, we now realize just how talented Tampa was when he went there. I mean, maybe we didn't think that because, you know, Jameis Winston was turning the ball over and they couldn't get to the playoffs. But you could see Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and, you know, all the, all the pieces that they had defensively. But, you know, when you look at Belichick, he's, he, he's the entire organization. He's, he's the draft. He's the culture. He's the building. It's the Belichickian way. It's everything. And so he's not changing. And the players adapt to him. And if you don't, I mean, you could get shipped out in the middle of the season where guys like Jamie Collins have been shipped out in the middle of the season. Um, There's a certain standard for what you're expected to do week in, week out, day in, day out. And my job as the coach and my staff is to make sure we put you in the best position to be the very best that you can. And you can't say that about many coaches in any sport, Jim, since we've been covering sports, which is like our whole lifetime. Yeah, there's no doubt about that. I mean, it's amazing like that. Brent, I want to... I love my X chair. It is by far the most comfortable and ergonomic chair that I've ever used. And honestly, it is probably the coolest looking piece of furniture I own. Fact. So what makes the X chair the world's best office chair? Maybe it's the patented dynamic variable lumbar support or the fact that you can add LMAX technology with four massage options and the ability to warm or cool your back. That chair can do all those things. No other chair can. So now is the perfect time to purchase an X chair. So why right now? Because right now is the only time that X chair goes on sale all year. That's right. Only on Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Come on. You deserve the X chair. And you're going to kick yourself if you miss this special deal. Save up to $500 on X chair. Four days only on Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend. Go to xchairrome.com right now. That's the letter X chair, R-O-M-E.com. X chair has a 30-day guarantee of complete comfort, and you can finance your purchase for as little as 25 bucks a month. Go to xchairrome.com and save up to $500. xchairrome.com. Go back to something you said that you just kind of said in passing, but I think it's really important. You said, I can't believe the 49ers passed on Mac Jones. What do you make of that? Like, why did they? If you've got Kyle Shanahan, who was the guru, and you've got his dad and his influence all around the league, these guys, no quarterbacks, why do you think they passed on him? Was there some sort of pressure to take Trey Lance? What do you think the mindset was? What was going on in that war room? I, I think there was a battle, Jim, and without, you know, I'm not out here, uh, you know, trying to say I have some inside information. I don't. I just know Kyle Shanahan and his father and the legacy and, you know, from guys like Matt Ryan or Brian Hoyer, guys that he's had, 
They got to be able to see the field. They got to get to the open guy. This is the offense. There is no um, freelancing here. Um, I, I just felt like Mac Jones was their guy. I mean, I've never seen a quarterback complete 78% of his passes at any level. He did that at Alabama. Um, you know, he played a lot of football. He played against the very best competition there was. You got a chance to really evaluate him against real NFL players, you know, during his time when he took over for Tua. And I just thought, like, there's there's no way that they just moved up as much as they did to get to the three spot to take a guy that didn't play football, that came out of a system that wasn't, you know, it's it, it's it's not Division One, And so I, I just thought it was a reach. And it, and there was must have been some kind of internal battle that said, this guy's ceiling is, I don't know, Josh Allen, pick a guy, a Wyoming to where he's at now. Like, this is what he's going to be. You're not looking at Mac the right way. And I, I feel like there was a battle in there that he lost. I was going to say, I think that's fair, but is Kyle not calling the shots? Uh, I don't know. I mean, you know, the draft, the draft in, in how you, uh, in, in the money that you pay and things like that. I, I, if I was Kyle, I would have won a total control over John Lynch or anybody else in the building. Uh, Jed York, you know, pick a name. I would want total control. You know, if I'm going to go down, I'm going to go down with my guys and my vision about how I want to build a team. I agree with you. I, I completely agree with you. And I, you would think that he would have that, but I think you're right. I mean, there's, there's a reason why they didn't take him. And Brian, back to your point, I, I really am fascinated by your point about quarterbacks and whether or not they have that it or whether or not they're built the right way or whether or not they're wired the right way or is that guy going to be the man? Can you count on this guy to make something out of nothing or when it matters most? You know, the, the way you lay that all out, is Baker Mayfield that guy to you? I think he can be. I don't know what's going on with him right now, Jim. He played horrible last week. I, you know, and, and if he does play bad, he has to own it. Like, I've watched the tape. He missed throws that he has made since – I've been watching him since he was at Texas Tech. He's, he's always been an accurate thrower and a good deep ball thrower. And he's been a good team guy. It's a good system in Cleveland for a quarterback. They protect the quarterback. Maybe they don't have as many sexy weapons as some other teams have uh, to get the ball deeper down the field the way he had at Oklahoma, let's say. But it's a good system for a quarterback, and he missed a lot of throws last week that he has to make, and Detroit was in it to the end. And so I want to say that Baker is. He was very good last year. He was good his rookie year. He was terrible with Freddie Kitchens. Uh, and so I, I feel like he needs, he needs help around him. He needs a great running game. He needs a great offensive line. And not every great quarterback gets that, and they make with what they have. So, Brad, I'm curious what you have, what you think about the Jacksonville situation. I bring this up because Trevor Lawrence had his third straight game with less than 170 yards passing. I mean, given that we're talking about a guy who's supposed to be a generational talent, Urban Meyer is supposed to be an offensive mastermind. Like, the hell is going on there? And do you think that Meyer is built to coach in the NFL? Well, I mean, look, the what he did after that Thursday night game in Cincinnati is 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 basically unforgivable, Jim. Not to get on a team playing with your team after a tough loss and go back and you go to Columbus, Ohio. For, I don't, I mean, I, that was just an unforgivable thing. I, I can't believe any coach at any level would do that. So like, it just struck me the wrong way, but I feel like if, if you just remove that stain and I don't know if they can, but if you just remove that stain for a second, I just felt like sometimes these coaches make mistakes when they hire their first staff. I mean, Jim Johnson did and, uh, you know, in Dallas when he first went there from college and, you know, then he got Norv Turner and then they took off. And so I feel like 
his staff is under evaluation because I don't feel like it's the right offense for Trevor Lawrence. I mean, he's a guy that played in an up-tempo offense that is a very athletic kid, and I just don't see a lot of that stuff in the offense right now. And I feel like Urban is watching these games, and he's going, and he's probably still watching Saturday's games and looking at what's coming up because the college game is the innovator and the incubator for the NFL game. And I just felt like he's going to make changes to the staff as soon as the season is over. I, 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 you know, George Warhop's his buddy. They were coaching together, you know, back in college. So, okay, offensive line, you know that guy. But the other guys, Brian Schottenheimer, whatever, I just don't feel like it, it's a good fit for Trevor right now. Hey, let me ask you this. Does this sound familiar to you? You've got one device that lets you catch the game live, another one that lets you stream your favorite shows, you're watching sports highlights on your phone, and you've got your neighbor's best friends log in for all the good stuff. Well, let me tell you about a very simple way to get all that entertainment that you love without all that hassle you hate and a great way to finally get your TV together. It's called DirecTV Stream. It brings your live TV and on-demand favorites together like never before so you can watch your favorite sports, movies, and shows all in one place. That means no more juggling remotes, no need to buy another device ever again, and the best part, there is no annual contract. So get rid of the clutter and the confusion and get your TV together with DirecTV Stream. You can learn more at DirecTV.com. That's DirecTV.com. Compatible device required. Content does vary by package. I mean, I hate to beat a dead horse, Brian, and you definitely want to look ahead, not back. It's been covered extensively, but I'm with you. Like, I understand that you make your transition to the pro game. You're going to make mistakes. I get that. But, I mean, that is just common sense. How could any coach on any level in the history of the world not know that it's not okay not to get on the plane and go hang out in Columbus? Like, who wouldn't know that? How could a head coach in the NFL not know that's not okay? Well, I mean, at any level, Jim. I mean, if you were coaching – you know, if you were back at Ohio State and you were coaching and you played a game, uh, I don't know, at University of Florida and you had family or friends or you had a bar, if, you know, in, in Florida, like it wouldn't be OK to, to not go back. I mean, it's, it's the team. Everything that is said in front of the room is about the team. We lose the team. We win as a team. We, we rally around the team. Everything is the team. And you don't get on a plane with your team like it's just I've never heard of anything like that before. And then to get caught, okay, just because somebody's got a you know cell phone out there, which everybody does, but to get caught in the in that situation, like I don't know how. I mean, forget about what players might or might not say. I don't know what you know what the, the players thought. I can only guess because players, you know, we, we make fun of coaches all the time. So I I, I just I, I you know I'm, you go back to Shad Khan and you're like, what conversation did he have with his coach after that? Like, how did that thing go down? Yeah, I'm, I'm dying to know because the owner seems, I, I mean, I don't know. I only know what the owner said publicly. He doesn't seem too bothered by it. Like, Brian, you played in that league. You've played for any number of coaches. When a coach does something like that, if they lose the team, can they get the team back? Or once the team is gone over something like that, is there no getting that team back? I don't know, Jim, because this is unprecedented. It's just a different situation. It's not like a coach that may have gone out and, you know, had too many drinks and got pulled over. It's that it's not like that. I mean, that's a bad decision too. Obviously, I'm not undermining that. But th- this type of situation, uh, it, it I've never seen anything like it. So I don't know well, how a team is going to respond to it. 
You know, I mean, if Rex Ryan is getting tattoos and it's being revealed what the tattoos are about and people are making fun of it in the New York Post or something, all right, you know, players can have some fun with it. But, you know, this is different. This, this feels different. I don't know that you can get the team back, Jim. And, uh, you know, they're all, it's a very young team. I, when I watched the play, even last week in San Francisco, they play hard. They got some good young players, Miles Jack, Josh Allen. They've got some good players. Um, they need more juice offensively, and they got you know they can't keep falling behind like they do in games. But there's some players in that team that you go, you know, whether they like to coach, don't like to coach, respect to coach, whatever. They're playing the game the right way. Man, I'm, this is great. I mean, we are covering so much ground, Brian. Before you go, and I really appreciate this. I'm having an absolute blast talking to you about this. You mentioned Rex Ryan. Like, you know, Brian, the world has changed so dramatically. Like, even in the last five years over social media and the way media is done right now. I mean, not a lot of guys do what you do. Namely, go into your cave and break tape and, and do it the right way. Do it the old school way. You know, a lot of it's about the show who far be it for me of all people to talk about this show, but I've done this a long, long time. Right. What did you make when you see Rex Rex went in on Robert Sala and it was pretty personal and Sala responded in form or in like with like, Hey man, you know where to find me. What did you make of that exchange between those two? Well, I I mean, I'm a fan of Rex Ryan, first of all, but I, I didn't understand Rex. Like nobody was comparing Robert Sala to Rex. Like, I don't know how it, it really, you know, the, the story started, but like, like Rex is kind of like saying, well, he's supposed to be a defensive guru. He ain't me. Like, is Rex just inventing this? Like what, whatever people say about Robert Sala is what people are saying. It doesn't, it's not Robert Sala saying this stuff. You know, he's just out there trying to put a, you know, a, a staff and a team together for the first year, which is, can be tough when, you know, you, you've got as much failure as they've had in that building. So I just felt like it was a little unfair on Rex to just jump on Robert Sala. Like he doesn't have Darrell Revis at corner, you know? <laughs> you know? I mean, Darrell Revis, the best corner any of us have ever seen. Like he can't build his defense around a player like that. And the players he did bring in, whether it was free agency or whatever, they all got hurt. So I just felt like it was unfair. I mean, you take Antonio Cromartie and, Rex, and Darrell Revis away from Rex, is, is he going to have the best defensive football? Probably not. Let's take a moment and talk about WinBet, shall we? The latest and greatest sports betting app on the market. The same five-star hotel service that you know and love is now in the digital betting space, providing an elite sports book and digital casino app. So whether you're playing money lines for NFL Week 12, totals for college football Week 13, or both, WinBet has you covered. Are you looking for other sports? WinBet has that too. It's all right there with your WinBet app. WinBet is also fully integrated with Win Rewards. That means by playing WinBet, you can accrue points to earn free credit in app and comp dollars towards perks at Win Resorts, discounted hotel stays, priority dining and entertainment, free merchandise. Like, it really is the finest loyalty program in the industry. Just call it a win-win. Whether playing from your phone or your computer, you absolutely have got to sign up for WinBet ASAP. Bet with the very best. Get into the game. Terms and conditions at winbet.com. You do have to be 21 or older and present in the state where playthrough winbet is available. If you or somebody you know has a gambling problem, call 1-800-522-4700. 
Right. Yeah, he it, it got personal really quickly, and I'm not really sure. I got to ask you, Brian, are you are you sold? And I, I love these guys, and I really love the way they played when their quarterback went down, and I think they're a lot more physical than they've been given credit for. Where do you come out on Arizona? Are you sold on the Cardinals, and what do you think when you watch them? Well, I, I did uh, Big 12 games, Jim, for 10 years uh, for or, yeah, for Fox. And so I was around Cliff Kingsbury a lot. I got a lot of Texas Tech games. And so I got to know te- uh, Cliff, and he's a little difficult to get to know. He's not real media friendly, but he's a football guy. Like you walk into, you know, Cliff Kingsbury's office, and he's got a million plays on the board. I mean, he's, he's like the modern day Bill Walsh. He's drawn up plays and formations and ideas and motions and that's his that's his specialty. And he wanted Kyler from the beginning, but winning games with Colt McCoy, winning without JJ Watt, winning without DeAndre Hopkins, winning without their center, that I thought, you know, was going to be a huge difference maker this year. Uh, I'm impressed. I, I'm impressed. When he took that team over, Jim, you have to look at, you know, 2019 when he took over. They, Josh Rosen was the quarterback. They were the worst football team in the NFL. They were the worst offense in every single category when he took over. And look at them now. I mean, they ran through and around and over the Rams, you know, a couple weeks back. They're putting – they're stacking wins right now. Um, He is a great play caller. Uh, He has made some adjustments with Colt McCoy and without, uh, you know, without DeAndre Hopkins. They've added Zach Ertz in the middle of the season three weeks ago. He leads the team in receptions last week. I'm impressed by Cliff. And how they're playing right now. I'm so glad you said that. And Colt, man, I, I don't know, Brian. I, I just think it's badass the way Colt stepped into that situation when they're still playing for a top seed. They, he's without some of his top weapons. And Colt, man, just a pro's pro, right? Like really he heady, really smart. Some of those guys, Jim, some of those guys could be a backup. To, you know, I, I think Colt's in his 30s now for sure. But, you know, some of those guys can play to their 40 or longer. And, you know, the, the thing about Cliff and Colt, they're both Texas high school quarterbacks. Right. And played their football in Texas. Like, they, you know, they got a ton of just commonality about, you know, high schools, high school, because everybody talks about high school football in Texas. So and just commonality where they could just, okay, like, and, and just, you know, what, what did you do in Washington, Colt, when you were there? What did you do here? Like, what did you like? Like, there was just a ton of exchange between those two guys trying to put a game plan together try to figure things out during a game, trying to fix things during a game because of injuries or what a defense is taking away from you. I just think you're talk, like two high school quarterbacks from Texas, like talking to each other, talking football. I, I think there's a real mesh point there. I think there's that, Brian. Correct me if I'm wrong. It's one thing to be one of those guys that's good to have in the room, you know, whether it's a Brian Hoyer or a yeah. Colt McCoy, but is it not another? It's one thing to be a good mentor and a good guy to help a young quarterback, but is it not another that when they need you in your 30s to step in there and make plays and win games to be able to do that too, like he did? Yeah, no doubt. I mean, it's it's a big deal. I mean, it's it's a, it's a good level of swagger, and it gives the whole team confidence that, you know, I mean, Kyler's special. We all know he's a special player, special athlete. But when your backup can step in and win games like that, um, it, it, make, it makes your team feel like we're not just solely relying on, on Kyler to win these games and whatever magic he can pull, whether it's a Hail Mary to DeAndre Hopkins against Buffalo last year, whatever. Like, we don't have to have his juice in order to win games. We, we can win it. With this guy, we're good enough. And I think it's a real, I think when you can win without your stars, like it, it's a confidence builder to your whole team. 
All right, so Brian, one last question about one guy, and then one personal question. I'm going to let you go. And again, this has been just tremendous. Philadelphia's won three out of four, and you were high. You were high on Jalen Hurts prior to the draft. It seemed like for a moment, like, yeah, maybe this is not the guy. And now he's making plays, and he's making them with his legs and even his arm. Like, what's what, where does that leave him? Is he the guy, not only for now, but maybe going into the future too? Where do you come out on what you've seen on him now? Well, I, I, I got to know him here, Jim. I mean, I'm, I live here locally. I worked out with him this offseason. You know, if you want to work out with Jalen Hurts, Jim, you, you meet him at the high school field at 5 a.m., like ready to go. Not like pulling up with a Starbucks in your hand, but ready to go at 5. Like he's a disciplined kid, a natural-born leader. He took every single player on the team out for lunch or dinner, one-on-one, get to know him, background, the whole thing. He's a natural team builder. And we're seeing a, uh, an offense evolve from a Big 12 offense week one to where it is now. And he's a huge part of it. The, the Saints can't – I mean, he beat them twice now, and they have no answers for him. I, I'm a big believer in Jalen Hurts because of the man and the person that he is. And I know that he has told me that the only guy prior to this year – not saying anything about Nick or the guys in Philadelphia now, but he said prior to this year, the only guy that really coached him, where he really felt like he was being coached the right way, was Lincoln Riley. Said he didn't get it at Alabama. He didn't get it last year with the Eagles staff. Like, and I feel like some guys you got to coach them hard, you know, and you got to really explain things. And I, I, I just think sometimes they just you get these athletes and you just give them a playbook and you know you figure it out. Like I, they don't do enough with these guys. And I think I'm a big believer in Jalen. And I think um, there's no reason why he can't be uh, what Russell Wilson has been. Uh, it's a long ways away from that. We know that, but he's got that leadership ability in that work ethic that Russell has. And that's the guy I would compare him to. And that's the guy I compared coming out of Oklahoma. Yeah, it seems to me the same way. Like, he, that guy's got a great work ethic and a great grind. And I'm not there, Brian. But it seems to me he's one of those guys, and correct me if I'm wrong, not everybody wants this. He wants to be coached hard. He wants yeah. that. He wants oh, yeah. to be great. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. It, you know, there's a lot of guys that, you know, they, when you start criticizing them, they, they melt. And then they, they, you know, they put their burr up or whatever. That, this guy... He demands it. Like, he and his dad was a high school coach, you know, in Channel View, Texas. And so uh, that's how he's wired. Like, you know, Philadelphia media, as you know, Jim, can be as rough as anybody. He stands in front of them, he, the firing squad, when things weren't going well, and he put it all on him. And that's what good franchise quarterbacks end up doing. All right, so I said to you, I wanted to ask you something personal, and you let me right to it when you said I worked out with him. I wanted to ask you, Brian, you because you played the game as long as you did and you suffered any kind of number of injuries, man, you look great. You look great. I'm really curious how you're approaching physical fitness at this point in your life. How are you approaching it, and then why are you doing it? What's it do for you other than normal, common-sense physical health? Well, I mean, I'm, when I finish here with you, Jim, I'm on my way to a, you know, a 90 minute hot yoga class. So, uh, flexibility is the first thing that goes when you get older. So I have been at it for 21 years. Um, so I'm addicted. Uh, I like to sweat. I, you know, I've had to adjust, um, phys- my, my dad was a Marine, you know, I'm a son of a Marine. Uh, my brothers are all pro football players. You know, you want to, yeah, you're going into a locker room and talking to Jalen Hurts. You want to look like, you know, you might've played the game at one point in your life. <laughs> So I think it's kind of important. Uh, three chins on TV, Jim, is a bad look. Um, you know, guys let themselves go. and They're not going to keep you around TV very long if you're doing that. So, I mean, I looked at all those things. And then I just looked at the, the landscape, you know, whether it's, you know, uh, stem cell, you know, treatments or PRP treatments for your joints to keep those things oiled up and going. And I just, you know, looked at all the next level stuff that's out there and 
kind of jumped on top of it. I love all that so much. And then finally, how much of it is for your mental game? Oh, it's everything, Jim. I mean, you know, um, nobody wants to hear Jim Rome or Brian Baldinger complain about their 18-hour day that they just had, whether it's travel, show, commitments, all the stuff you got to do. But you need the energy to do it. I mean, you, you know, there's they expect Jim Rome to sound the same guy every day, no matter what happens in his life, feeling bad, feeling run down, worn out, whatever. Like, they expect Jim Rome to be Jim Rome. And the same thing with me. And so the energy level is everything. The only way to maintain it is to maintain yourself. Dude, you, you nah, preach, Brian. Like, we, <laughs> you and I cannot have bad days. They don't care. If you no. and I have a bad day, everybody knows we're having a bad day. And by the way, nobody gives a damn. No, nobody. You can't complain because nobody's listening anyways, Jim. But look, we're not allowed to get sick. You know, we're just not allowed to. Uh, you got a sore throat. You got a temperature. Like, you better figure out something, sleep habits, whatever you got to do. But nobody wants to hear somebody, you know, with a nasal congestion issue on the, on the air. It's just, can I, it's can just I, can I tell you, I'm trying to cut you loose for hot yoga, but you understand this, Brian. Like, I now that every athlete's got a form, it's a little bit different. But before that happened, guys would come to me and they would say, hey, what advice, athletes, I mean, what advice do you have for me? You've done this a long time. And I said, here's my advice for you. You're going to think it's a victory lap. You're going to think it's something you've been just – bequeathed because you're a star athlete I, it may never be the same as competing on the field but if you do not attack it and approach it the same way yep. you will not be successful you understand this i i guarantee you're going as hard now as you ever have right harder right harder, Jim. right we have to but, you know, but i mean like, like well i'm in a business where if i make a mistake jim because i don't even know the pronunciation of a name or a stat that i said is completely wrong in the today's world as you know like you can't make those mistakes anymore. That's you got to be on, you got to be buttoned up on top of your game, and you got to bring something to the table, something fresh that they're not reading in the paper or on the internet or whatever else. And so that's you know the 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 fan base demands more. You got to give them more. You nailed it. And we're playing without a net, and there's so many people doing it. So how do you differentiate? You've got to be different. I mean, you understand this, Brian. I'm so glad that you and I came together. I love the energy. I love the insight. I love the passion. I absolutely love that you're going as hard as you are and you care as much as you do. And you've got the same fire and passion you've always had, if not more at this point in your life. So man, big ups to you. Big props to you. I appreciate you very much. That's the only way, Jim. So I appreciate you having me and uh, thanks for, you know, thanks for everything. But keep on keeping on, Jim. My man is a -a one-of-a-kind football mind, and we just covered an enormous amount of ground. If there's one analyst that you want to basically run around the entire league with, it might be that guy. So big thanks to Brian Baldinger for making that time and using it to drop some gems on us. That right there is the quality you should always expect from the original side hustle and the quality you're going to get because we have delivered it now 199 times. Stick with us as we roll into episode 200 and beyond because there are a lot more conversations like that headed your way. If you could, can you take a second and subscribe as well? This way, all that future gold will find its way to you and you don't have to go looking for it. In the meantime, let me hit you up with some voicemails. Have yourself a tremendous holiday weekend. First too. new message. Snags, this is Eli from Santa Rosa. Dude, develop my own psychosomatic issues. Jungle Tourette's being one of them, bro. Hold on. I'm talking to Jim Rome. Hi. 
I want to congratulate you on the win and take care of it. I know that's right. Uh, I lost, by the way. I know, I know, but when, anyway, uh, mm. Rome, it's all your fault, bro. It's all your fault, man. Give me back my son! Message saved. Next message. Man smack. I think it's pretty official that the Dan Mullins there at Florida has jumped the shark as opposed to the Jim McElvain era who had humped, uh, never mind, that one's too easy. Message deleted. Next message. Skull Vikings, let's win the game. Skull Vikings, honor your name. Let's get a first down, then get a touchdown. Rock 'em, sock 'em, go pack, go. Uh-uh, not today, brother, not today. Skull Vikings, that's two in a row. Game over. No pack, no. Bye, Rogers. Message saved. Next message. Romy, Justin, and Melbourne. As Rick would say, finally, we get an enforcer on the podcast. One of my favorites. You know, it, it hits home because back in the day, that's the how I got into hockey. I used to get these VHS tapes of hockey fights, get those for every Christmas in my stockings. I followed the Dave Browns of the world, the Dave Samankos, the Craig Berubis. But my favorite player of all time, actually my favorite athlete of all time, George McPhee. But that podcast, I know things have changed now, the new version of hockey. But these old school scrappers, such good dudes, and they really were a great part of the game, and it still needs to be part of the game. So thank you for that pod. It's definitely going down as one of my faves. Message saved. Next message. Hi, Jim. Rob from Reno. So you've been showing up in my dreams lately, and in my dream world, we're really good friends, and it feels really awesome to be a really good friend. At least in one dimension, you know, it's, it's actually really awesome. And last night you were even more present and I actually realized that it was a dream. And I told you, I'm like, Jim, it's a dream. We're dreaming right now. And you said to me, but how do I know that it's my dream too? And I was like, touche. Message deleted. Next message. Jimmy Jim, Romy Rome, what's up? It's Dr. Dave. I'm here in Vegas right now. I just won a poker tournament. Just ate at Javier's, had the Cabo Azul. Always a good meal at that place. Love it every time I come. Have some nice high-end Añejo tequila. It's all good. We're living large. Later. Message saved. Next message. What's up, Vince Mac? It's Brady. So my mom's out that way visiting family. I think she's staying with my aunt in Irvine. And there's something I forgot to tell her before she left. So if you see her... Can you ask her to get us some C's candies and bring them back? Thanks. Hey, and uh, tell the fam I say happy Thanksgiving. Message saved. You have no more messages.